talk sports, but we came here to win. The most legit podcast, that's why we know you're tuning in. We cover the biggest news, we underdogs, but we can't lose. So trust the process, yes you, because we got Chris and Anju to bless you. With the best features, best stories, we diving deep like a Lambo leap. Wake up, kid, and stop snoring, we on point just like this beat. Bring the passion like the dog pound. In the cold, get a gold brown. Sit back and raise the cat, because we start this show like right now. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode of The Underdog, Chris Hordell, joined by Anshu Kana. Anshu. Chris. How you doing, buddy? Oh, you know, <laughs> really just nothing going on with any any teams I like or any significant draft news. There, No, it's been a very quiet couple of weeks and um, yeah, we'll have to really dig to find stuff to talk about. Yeah, I just, I don't, I'm, obviously we're going to spend a lot of time talking about the Kentucky Derby. Uh, stuff like that. Uh, no, the Kentucky Derby did happen, and honestly, it is kind of related in some tangential way. Uh, the the story you were alluding to there was the the absolute bombshell that was dropped just hours before the draft by Adam Schefter saying that uh, Aaron Rodgers has told some within the organization that he does not wish to return to the team. Thoughts, if you have any. <laughs> I have none. Um <laughs> I, I now, mean, we should we should preface this for anybody who is not aware for whatever reason, Anshu a Packers fan. Yes, and and uh, co-owner along with like a million mm-hmm. others. But um, yeah, no, I, I mean, it's tough. I it's it's a one of those weird situations where like I totally understand both sides. Like I, I think that you know obviously the timing isn't ideal from a Packers perspective that it gets mm-hmm. dropped, but. Um, you know, I mean, at the same time, it wasn't ideal for the Packers to trade up on draft night after rumors abounded that they were going to go for a receiver to trade up for, uh, you know, the quarterback of the future and not <laughs> tell your, your, the basis of your franchise, you know? Yeah. So um, it seems well-placed and, I mean, well-placed, but also horribly placed in that, like, it gave the Packers basically no time, although this has obviously been happening for a few weeks and I think that's what surprised me most about the whole situation is that, you know, that Murphy, the Packers president, and Brian Gutekinds, obviously the GM whose name is in the news a lot, and Matt LaFleur all had been traveling out to California multiple times, like, to, to talk to him, and that they still haven't resolved this. I mean, I, to me, it's a pretty easy conversation. It's either, yes, we'll give you the guaranteed money you're looking for years into the future, and that will placate you for a while, or no we're not doing that. And, you know, and at that point it's like, we're either making a trade or not. I just don't understand how like multiple trips are necessary to have that conversation, you know? And um, it's it's just an awkward, it's an awkward situation, but like, I guess, you know, by letting the bomb drop on draft night it maximized the exposure of the story, but it minimized the possibility of Rogers actually getting moved. And my, my only reason for believing that that might have been the case was that I think maybe he thought the Packers would accept an offer from the Niners, assuming it included number three. And the um, rumors are that he was pissed off because that offer did exist. And the the Packers said, I believe it was 0% chance. Yeah. They're just not going to move him. And so it's hard to think of precedent, but the one that Charles Robinson of Yahoo has, has brought up is, um, Carson Palmer with the Bengals and mm-hmm. it's the same agent David Dunn who you know helped engineer that move and it took 
Andy Dalton actually having like a decent rookie season for the Bengals to be okay with it. But if you remember that, like they were really dug in on just not moving Palmer. And I I wonder if that's like what the Packers are headed for, even though they've got, you know, maximum value possibilities here with Rodgers in terms of multiple firsts and whatever else, just from a football perspective. To to me, an outsider in this position, uh, it, it seems to me that Rodgers obviously has a unique bomb to drop because, you know, Carson Palmer could say, hey, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm not, I don't want to play for you anymore. I'm whatever. Uh, I'm going to retire. And then his money making possibilities are over. Aaron Rodgers can say, hey, I'm done. I'm going to go host Jeopardy. And he can make $10 million a year moving forward. He could. I, I don't I think. Because they, cause they give him one. that job. If he wants that job, he gets that job. Well, what I was going to say is I like I, I watched a little of that. I didn't watch a ton. Yeah, he wasn't like a mega personality on there, I would say. Like he was, no. you know, he's Rogers. But at what point does the he's Rogers thing expire? You know, like for Jeopardy. I mean, you great. You ride those coattails for a few weeks and then it's like, all right, well, you know, I guess you'll have your core Jeopardy watchers, but I don't. I think the the ideal for Jeopardy is that they get Rogers while he's still playing, because I think that they mm-hmm. could do that, and then that would bring in you know this huge NFL audience, which we know the ratings at, at the NFL draft did. They blew the Oscars away, and on all networks. And mm-hmm. I mean that to me is like that's them trying to capitalize on that. I and I think Rogers, I really think Rogers doesn't want to retire. Um, and so like his. You, I guess like your implication is that he's got this leverage in the way of Jeopardy. But for the Packers, too, they're like, all right, fine. You get to guess what? You can't win any Super Bowls with Jeopardy. So we're not going to look like idiots for trading you if you're, you know, you're on Jeopardy. And granted, they won't get anything for him. In well, that that, scenario, exactly. Exactly. That's least, the power. He, they, he but, can just retire and take away their ability to get any compensation other than, you know, they get some money back in the salary cap. I think I honestly think the Packers would rather do that than trade him, get like a few firsts, but watch him win a Super Bowl at Denver, mm-hmm. you know, or whoever else, especially not an NFC team, and hamper their chances of doing that, which, you know, who knows if they'd even have that chance with love. So I don't know. I, I like, honestly, if it's me, I'm probably saying, like, I'm, I'm not trading you to to watch you win a Super Bowl elsewhere. I like I'm not going to give you what you want in this scenario. Although it would have been my own fault for drafting Love, you know. The thing yeah. is like I think the like just to bring this full circle, like the the Jordan Love pick, you I, the fact that they thought that that wouldn't piss Rodgers off is insane to me. And yeah. especially because he won the MVP, like just put his balls on the table and won the most valuable player of the year award, you know? And so to do that like that's basically him calling their bluff. And then, you know, when they went to the table with their initial discussions on an extension, allegedly the Packers just did not give him what he was looking for. And at that point, like you can't fault him at all for feeling the way that he's feeling right now. Of course, he's the goddamn league MVP. Yeah, for and, sure. Oh, let me ask you this. Does Aaron Rodgers win MVP if the Packers don't draft Jordan Love? I don't think so. I don't either. And there's no way to prove that. Um, but... I really don't think so. No, um, I, I think all of last year was a giant, oh, really? Fuck you. Watch what I'm going to do next. Absolutely. I definitely think that was part of it. And then just imagine he could have even won more than an MVP if he, you know, had they added, you know, Jordan, Justin Jefferson mm-hmm. or someone along those lines 
to what they had already, or like they didn't use that second run. And fine with AJ Dillon, whatever. But like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it like it's silly to think that that was a strategy they used. But you know, at some point, you have to just admit when you've made a mistake, and and or just like things change, circumstances changed, you know, and that's okay. I like if I'm good against or Murphy or anybody else, I'm just like, you know what? We thought you were declining. We drafted a quarterback thinking you might be in decline, that you maybe didn't feel so totally committed to this team. You went out, you won MVP. We lost in spite of that. We're going to do everything we can to build this around you. We will restructure your deal in a way that helps us get there, you know, in the future while you're able to play. Maybe we trade love. Maybe we don't. Maybe we have that as an insurance policy, but either way, we're going to do this thing that that concedes that you've done something amazing here to rebuild yeah. your career at 37. And I think that if they don't do that, and by the way, they are walking this back hard in the media. So I think they know that they messed this up. Mm-hmm. If they don't do that, then then they're the idiots in the scenario. Well, I would argue that if you're trying to you know fix this fractured relationship... Maybe give the guy a receiver in the first round, not Eric Stokes. Don't wait until you go and pick Amari Rodgers in the third round to add a weapon to that offense. Yeah, I mean, that's a whole other concede some point if you're the Packers front office. I, I, yeah, I mean, I and all the rumors leading up were that Elijah Moore was like their guy, and then after the fact, it sounds like they wanted Kadarius Tony. Which, if that was the case, I'm I'm good with taking Amari Rodgers in the third round, but yeah. Uh, you know, like whatever they they need to improve their defense. Kevin King is is a you know lame duck. Andy sucks, and so you know <laughs> I understand getting another corner. I I am not a fan of his, as you know, but Stokes. Mm. But you know whatever they they decided to do that to help build their defense. Fine, at least they didn't take a third quarterback. I but I think that there's like you can debate that however you want, uh, but I, the optics are tough, you know, and um, and like. To me, maybe that was like a, a part of a bigger move. I, you know, I was watching, you know, the Denvers and the Raiders and those types of teams picking because I think that I don't know exactly what the rules are as far as like how long it has to be before you can deal for those guys. But it wouldn't shock mm-hmm. me if, you know, Stokes for Sertan was part of a larger deal with with the Broncos if they do ultimately concede on Rodgers. The yeah, well, we're gonna you know talk about the actual uh, the actual picks in the draft as well, and that was certainly an interesting one. But man, this uh, I guess at least they added offensive line help. You know, they draft Josh Myers in the second round, Royce Newman in the, in the fourth, and give what uh, Wisconsin's own Cole Van Lan in, in the sixth yes. round. So you know Green the Homer Bay. the Homer pick that I believe uh, that you suggested was a possibility when we did our team specific mock last week how did you feel about this uh this draft as a whole for the packers you know i I mean if the rogers scepter wasn't clouding over the entire draft proceedings then Mm -hmm. i would have said it was you know it was a it was a fine draft it wasn't great it wasn't terrible it wasn't an eagles draft but it was good enough and uh i like i like amari rogers i think that he's a good piece for them specifically um but obviously you see Randall Cobby qualities there. Oh yeah. 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 There's a, there's a lot of that. It's interesting because, um, Amari Rogers dad is T Higgins and T mm-hmm. Higgins coached, coached Cobb at Kentucky. So a lot of links there and you definitely see, you definitely see some similarities. I don't think he's quite as explosive, but he's also much stronger. So I'm hoping he'll be more durable. Um, 
But, you know, all that's out the window if Rodgers isn't playing. Aaron Rodgers isn't playing there. Right. So it's hard not to, you know, view the entire draft through that sort of prism. Um, so overall, I think it was fine. Like, I was pretty upset after the first pick. Um, but, you know, Amari's a, a really nice get in the third round. All right, let's go through the let's go through the first round here, and we're obviously we're not going to talk about every pick. Some of them are not so interesting. Some of them were expected. Uh, Lawrence goes one, Wilson goes two. Let's jump to three because you know, like I said the whole time, Mac Jones is absolutely a lock here. <laughs> they went Trey Lance, and uh, after that, they they basically uh, they basically draft day quoted uh, Trey Lance all along was the was the statement by For sure. uh, Kyle Shanahan. I don't. I don't buy that. What's no. the, what is the purpose of you know what is the purpose of all of the all of the the little sleight of hand here if they knew Trey Lance was their guy and also as a as a follow up to that if you were going athletic quarterback why not just take Justin Fields <laughs> I think you know whatever either way like. I, I I don't mind it. I think that Fields is is obvious. Fields is probably the scariest option for them in mm-hmm. in the. And again, you have to look at all this through like who drafted them, and sure. you know my trust is in Kyle and those guys, and so like I, I think that if whoever I don't know if if it's if it if they felt like Lance was it or Fields was it, it really didn't matter. Like either way, I think that's a it's a scary proposition. But if it was Mac Jones, I think we all would have would have enjoyed a good laugh about it. So um, ultimately it ended up being kind of like falling exactly how we expected months ago, you know, maybe not Lance, but just that Mac Jones wasn't the guy and that he did fall to 15 and, and all that. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't mind it either way. I think Lance is probably, you know, more athletic. It would have been interesting to see how Lance would have fared had he had this season that you continue, you know, you, you alluded to it a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, throughout this process and so uh yeah i mean for both of us as fans of teams in the nfc i think the idea of trey lance fully uh you know ex- like getting to his top level of potential yeah. with kyle shanahan his, his is, final is form really terif- this time yeah, thank you yes his final form is a terrifying idea for sure but i you know i will forever say that lance is the riskiest of these three i he i think he has the lowest no floor of the three it's just no, that no. the accuracy issues. Floor. Yeah, probably. Uh, I I don't think Fields quite has the arm Lance has. I don't think Lance is quite as athletic as Fields is. Lance was, mm. you know, the things that scare me about Lance, not very accurate when actually throwing the football. And <laughs> he was very much a one progression then go guy. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I, there is like, I he is the perfect person to be playing behind Jimmy in my mind. Like mm. there is... To me, there's almost no way Lance starts the season as their quarterback, their no, starter. No. And for good reason. Like, I mean, the guy basically hasn't played in a year. I mean, one game, didn't look good in that one game. It does sound like he's he's a really impressive football mind, mm-hmm. which I'm sure contributed to this. But at the end of the day, like, smart or not, you're going to have to play fast. And, you know, he is an athletic player, but I, I think it's going to take him some time to get, you know, up to speed essentially and and jimmy's already there so i could see lance not playing at all like i i know the comparison's been drawn but like the alex smith mahomes just in terms of mm-hmm. the way that they roll into this season and if jimmy garoppolo doesn't get hurt i mean there's little reason to believe they just bench him outright you know so yeah 
Yeah, Lance. Uh, in an ideal world, Lance plays that last game of the season just to get his feet exactly. wet in a meaningless affair one way or another, more likely on the negative side than the positive side for the 49ers. But, <laughs> Ooh. Uh, at, yeah, I'm not, I don't buy him. Uh, at four, the Falcons take pits. This is completely expected. Five is where the draft gets interesting. Uh, everything, everyone's mocks are, you know, kind of out the window. I guess out the window at six, but a lot of them out the window at five. This is uh, this is an interesting take as the Bengals take Shamar Chase, wide receiver LSU, and Joe Burrow's college teammate. Joe Burrow clearly has a lot of power in the organization. <laughs> yeah, I mean, probably, but either way, this is, uh, you know, he would have probably gone six, if not five. So, well, maybe not. Maybe Sewell goes six and then Chase, I don't know. Someone's got to be trading up for him. Either well, way, uh, Sewell, Sewell would have had to go on five in that scenario where Chase drops, I would think. Right, right, right. Sorry. Yep, that's right. So then, you know, Chase probably goes six to the Dolphins. But in any case, he's, you know, he's good enough to be a top six pick. It's just crazy to me that you have one of the most pronounced weaknesses in all of football and a perfect, just a tailor-made player there sitting, waiting for you. Right. And you go the other direction. So, and then, you know, and then they go Jackson Carmen in the second round. And to me, it's like, you know, if you're going to do the one thing, you better, like, make damn sure that that second thing is, uh, you know. I mean, they clearly liked the player because even with the trade down, that still seemed like a, a reach to me. Yeah. But, um, you know, an interior lineman, I mean, they must like Riley Reef a lot and what he can give them. I All I'm saying is if Burrow is on his ass a lot next year. Don't be surprised. And, and you know, t- people will be watching Sewell, comparing Sewell to Chase all year, all their careers for good reason, because I, like, I, I don't know. I, I could see the Bengals searching for their franchise left tackle for a long time. Yeah, even, you know, the Bengals do, obviously, they pick again at 46. Walker Little goes right in front of them. So who knows? Maybe they were targeting Walker yeah. Little, hoping he fell. They take Jackson Carmen, but, but even there, I would still take, I would have taken Cosme or, uh, or Raiden's over... Over Jackson Carmen there. Very surprised that they went interior lineman because they announced Carmen as a guard. So yeah. I was surprised. I mean, I'm, yeah, I, I'm pretty stunned by it. And you wonder if the, you know, yeah, I don't I don't know. I, I was going to say you wonder if the Bengals were a team that was afraid of opt-outs, but, you know, they took Chase, <laughs> who might have been as high-profile an opt-out as there was. So yeah. I don't know. I, I, I probably would have gone Cosme there, but... We'll have to see. I, again, if Burrow's healthy, like that's a good, that's a really good receiver core. It felt more like a luxury pick because then you know what they could have done is taken Sewell, and as the way the broke the board broke, they could have gone Sewell, and then I think they could have at least traded up for Elijah Moore or drafted Rondell Moore there, or you know, or Terrace Marshall, one of those types. And um, to go the direction they did is, it's interesting. Yeah, Rondell Moore went a couple of picks later. Uh, Dwayne Eskridge also went in the round. Bizarrely, Tutu Atwell went in the round. That was a weird that was run on speed picks. receivers. But for me, this was a you have to eat your vegetables kind of pick for the for the Bengals. Yes. And instead, well said. they went well with said. another they went with another piece of candy. Uh, so Tevin Jenkins could have gone. Tevin Jenkins could have gone. Yeah. Tevin Jenkins. Yeah. We'll see how yeah. this works out because, uh, you know, it didn't work out great for the Cowboys last year. Granted, they lost their quarterback, but they weren't good before they lost, uh, before Dak Prescott went down. You can yeah. only, ha- there's only one ball and somebody has to protect your franchise quarterback. You're right. It was one of the most pronounced weaknesses in sports. And not only was it a weakness, it wasn't theoretical. They saw the, they saw the, 
the real tangible downsides to not protecting your quarterback as Joe Burrow got right. hurt at the end of the year. Literally. I mean, you just saw this. So, you know, whatever. I, I like Chase. Chase is going to be a, an awesome player for them. No question about that. So maybe yeah. it was in some ways the safer choice. But at the same time, man, I uh, it's they'll be it's going to be the ultimate debate for them for years and years because if, sure. if Burrow gets hit and something happens, I mean, it's just it's hard to find that guy. Yeah, you can't get Jamar Chase the ball if Joe Burrow can't throw it. So, Exactly. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, at six, for the second year in a row, the uh, quote-unquote athletic receiver went over the quote-unquote more polished receiver in that Alabama wide receiver room as Jalen Waddell is the pick here to the Miami Dolphins. Right. Similar to, as you as you suggested, rugs over Judy. Um, yeah, I mean, I we said it all along. I liked... We both liked uh, um, Smith over over Waddle. Mm-hmm. It's obvious that the Dolphins were looking for some juice. Like obviously they they later on get Jalen Phillips, and um, you know they I, I I understand I get I understand wanting Waddle. I won't. I don't understand Waddle over Smith when you've got the two in the same offense and um, and you're able to see the difference between them. So. Um, but you know, the Dolphins definitely have speed for days now with Will Fuller and, you know, and the, just the, the offense all run, they reunite Waddle with Tua. Maybe Tua had something to say there too, similar to, you know, to I, what Burrow and Chase said. I don't think I Tua don't has the pull that pull Burrow has. Probably not. Probably not. Uh, but, and, um, by the way, also super interesting that all three of the first receivers off the board go to play with their co- well, at one time college quarterback. Yeah. Oh wow! I didn't I didn't realize that 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 makes sense. They also, I really Miami's first three picks are really interesting because I I love Javon Holland and but mm-hmm. those are like are those three second round types you know especially when you you account for the risk with Phillips and even with Waddle. I mean I look Waddle's a first rounder of course but it's just like the the spectrum of possibilities for all three of them really run the gamut. Agreed. Seven, the Lions are uh, gifted a potential franchise offensive tackle in Penny Sewell. How'd you like this pick? Yeah, I mean, probably the best pick of the round. <laughs> you and know, just he, in terms he's of... been announced as a right tackle for them, too, so it doesn't even have the stress of playing left tackle. Wow. Well, yeah, I, I don't know about that. <laughs> but that's that's cool if that's what they want to do to start. Um, interesting that their first three picks were all up front. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just Dan seems Campbell, like... In the form of Dan Campbell, yeah. <laughs> so, um, but you know, that's what like teams that aren't looking to win a ton of games <laughs> right away are, are kind of that's how they operate. Um, but yeah, well, they're gonna be they're gonna be a beefy team. Does this remind you of uh, Jacksonville back in the day going for uh, going for the big offensive tackle, the Hall of Fame offensive tackle, whose name escapes me? Before they drafted Mark Brunel, Bisselli. before they traded for Brunel, Brunel, yeah. Yeah, Tony Bazzelli, and this then is build um, build the team, and then get your quarterback. Uh, no offense to Jared Goff. No, totally. And I that I never thought that the Lions were real threats to take a quarterback this year, just for that reason. Because like I I really always felt like they were, you know, they they've got Goff. You can figure out kind of what you have in him, but obviously the thought is he's not the future. Maybe you flip him, whatever. Mm. But you don't put any pressure on him before you know like the kind of team you want to be building if that makes sense um the type of offense that you want to build and and you know they're drafting at seven it turned out that they had some good options on the board that might have been really helpful for them but 
you know, you just trade for Goff. Like, I get just trying to do what you want to do. And, and yeah, and Sewell might have been their number one or two player on their board anyway. So yeah. it's not like they passed up on a quarterback for a corner or something like that. Well, at eight, all the talk of how hot J.C. Horn was in the pre-draft season really came to fruition. As Horn's the first cornerback off the board, goes to the Carolina Panthers. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty surprised he went ahead of Sertan. Like, I think they're both, both really solid players that are, are going to be fun. Horn reminds me a lot of Jair Alexander in terms of just the aggressiveness, but a little surprised that the Panthers went down this route. Again, another team. I did not expect them to go quarterback after the Darnold thing. That whole thing felt like a like a false flag, but I'm a little surprised they didn't move down mm-hmm. because I didn't see Horn being like this premium piece that you would that you like would avoid trading down for, especially because like the Bears clearly wanted to move up. Maybe that's fine. That's that's probably too low for them. But I gotta think the Patriots were willing to get up and get Mac Jones. And why wasn't I that think, trade made? I, I honestly think they were content staying put. No. Oh, the, the Patriots you're saying? Yeah, because if if the Patriots are willing to give something up, why don't you make I feel like that trade gets made. Yeah. Maybe. I, or or they were just like, we'll only give you a two to go from 15 to eight. And Fair enough. the Panthers were saying, we don't want to lose out on Horn or Sertan. Probably just Horn. I mean, they must have been locked in on him. Mm-hmm. Um, he just doesn't strike me as a top eight guy, if that makes sense. Like, I, yeah. I don't know that he's like, you You better be getting a, a pretty, either a really high floor guy or the possibility of like an absolute Darrell Rivas shutdown type. And I, I mean, they must think he's the latter, I think, because he's definitely... Yeah isn't without risk given how grabby he is. Agreed completely. And the uh, this is the maybe the most fascinating pick of the draft on a number of fronts here at nine yes. because <laughs> yeah. of the ripple effects of this selection. Yeah. The Broncos, a team in dire need of a quarterback, go for cornerback from Alabama, Patrick Sertan II. This, like I said, fascinating in a bunch of, uh, bunch of ways. One, in the obvious Aaron Rodgers uh, game here, they don't take a quarterback. So, you know, if, if they take a Justin Fields here, they're probably out of the running for Rodgers. Maybe, right. maybe you know, in their minds, I don't know how realistic it is with what the Packers are actually saying right now, but maybe in their minds they're thinking, all right, well, we're, we don't think Rodgers is going to be traded today. We're going to take Sertan, and then we're going to offer, you know, Maybe maybe our 2022 and 2023 first round picks plus some other picks gets us Aaron Rodgers and we can have Sertan as well. Absolutely. Think when this happened, all I could think of was like, this is this is a Packers thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, and I was like, uh, how much do I how much did I care? Because at this point, when the Broncos are picking like the rumors were hot. I mean, Mark Schlereth's out there saying that, you know, it's all but done and all this stuff is on social media about the Broncos getting Rodgers. So to me, like who they took here would have been a big deal. And to pass on not just Mac Jones, but Justin Fields as well. Like if the Rodgers rumor just weren't out there, I will never believe that they wouldn't have taken one of those guys. And maybe they get them. Maybe they don't. But Agreed. it I I just I find it very difficult to believe that they would have passed on Fields in particular at nine had it not been for the Rodgers stuff. So you're right. I mean, I, I think there's a there was a proposed deal from Bill Barnwell today on ESPN. Like, if you if you do like a Sertan for Stokes flip, essentially, plus the next two firsts, plus you know one of their young players that they've drafted in the last few years, that that starts looking like the kind of compensation the Packers might might be willing to entertain. 
Yeah, I'm um, trying. But, I'm trying to find out when exactly these guys would be eligible to be traded. I that's what I was thinking because I was like, it's you know, with a with the NBA, of course, you've got like this guy is going to end up on the other team, and um, it's hard. I, I've never heard of that with the NFL, just because you know yeah. there are so many fewer trades and everything else. So I yeah, I had no idea here. Well, the uh, the other fascinating element here is had the Denver Broncos taken. Uh, Justin Fields, which I think pretty much everyone expected them to. And I missed all of these rumors on Twitter because I, I stay off Twitter for the entirety of the NFL draft. Smart. <laughs> I, yeah. I do not like picks being announced in advance. I don't I don't like any of that nonsense. But had they yeah. taken Justin Fields, then the Dallas Cowboys would have then taken Patrick Sertan and the New York Giants would have then taken Devontae Smith. This this pick in taking Sertan allowed the Eagles to trade up for Devontae Smith and in the in, the, I, I hate to give credit to the Dallas Cowboys, but I was listening to their post draft conference, and I thought it was really fascinating. Where you know they were asked why they made the deal to allow the Eagles go to go up to ten, and they basically said like, "Look, we knew the Giants were going to take Devontae Smith at eleven, so we knew we were going to have to face Devontae Smith twice twice a year. We might as well get a third round pick for it." Absolutely, and you know they were going to take Parsons, I assume, at ten. So like why not just do it? You know, like, I mean, the Eagles are much closer to relevance than the Giants, I guess, from that perspective. Maybe I don't know don't if that's true, it, but <laughs> I don't know if that's I true. You guys, I think, I think other people are way more uh, confident about the Eagles chances than I am. Well, or just down on the Giants too, but true. yeah, well, like either way, I think that the, I don't know. I like, I, I do that deal all day, every day, just mm-hmm. because like, if you're going to get the guy who cares, man, like trust your, trust your, your, you know, your defense, your ability to find, identify players that can maybe slow down Devontae Smith. If you, unless you were going to take him, there's no reason not to do that. And of course they weren't going to, given what they did in the first round last year. So, you know, that it made all the sense of the world. And, you know, the other domino to fall then is Fields. Mm-hmm. So, like, it would have been, imagine if the Rodgers rumors don't come out, the Broncos take fields, the, you know, then 10, you've got certain uh, with certain 11, you've got Smith 12. What, what are the Eagles? Do? I mean, it's a completely different, really. It just changed the, the whole, the, those dominoes that fell changed the whole perspective of the NFL for the next, you know, decade. Yeah. Uh, I, I would think that in this scenario, it would either be Rashawn Slater or a trade down. Uh, for the Eagles Oof, at twelve, and that is too. that is a but yeah, that would have been good, but it it's a it's a much lesser outcome in my mind. I, I don't we don't have too long. We've got 10, 15 minutes here, but mm. uh, I so I we'll talk about it plenty in the future. I will just say that I am, as you would imagine, ecstatic to have Devontae Smith a member yeah. of the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, he's it's fun. It's a really fun move for the Eagles. It puts you know, a lot of pressure on Jalen Hurts, I think, but mm-hmm. also, um, you know, it, it's the best player I think that was available um, by far, really, mm-hmm. for me. And um, I just, I, I, we were talking about it. I think it's, it's a great move for the Eagles for sure, and to only give up a third. Whereas, you know, after the draft, I literally remember after the national title game saying I could see Devontae Smith going three. Yeah, like I yeah. like that was how good. I mean, obviously he didn't end up go, wasn't good. That wasn't going to happen given how small he was. And the fact he didn't run. Right. But you know, just from a production standpoint, he has no parallel period in right. terms of production in college. So it's, 
it's but super exciting for you. From a physical uh, physical build standpoint, he also has no parallel in the NFL. <laughs> so there there is that right. uh, that risk associated with it for sure. Uh, mm. The fields the fields does go next. He's a Chicago Bear. How do you feel about this? Um, I this is probably one of the first times where I've seen the Bears do something the last few years that kind of like <laughs> frightened me a little. It was yeah. it was a good move. That being said. I'll just say this about Fields, and I keep saying this. I I don't think Fields is independently awesome, mm-hmm. meaning hmm. Nagy needs to be good for Fields to be good, in my mind. Like, Fields can't overcome Nagy's shortcomings. So if you time to Joe Brady, this guy could, you know, win Super Bowls. If you time to Matt Nagy, what can he be? Who knows? He might be really good. He might bring out the absolute best in Matt Nagy mm-hmm. um, and vice versa. But I... I that would be like my my caveat to any kind of like I'm not like nervous about it, but I I would say that it was it was a great it was a really good decisive quarterback move out of a franchise that has not done that since Trubisky, and that obviously didn't work, and everyone was <laughs> laughing hysterically about it. Yeah, Trubisky not the best pick, but hey, I'm I'm sure he's going to be a valuable member of I believe the Buffalo Bills organization. That's right. <laughs> That's right. So, uh, yeah, good luck. Um, yeah, this is this is a fun pick. This is this feels like well, well, the one thing like you said, boy has the shine come off of Matt Nagy in the last couple of years because I mean, this guy was yes. uh he was a phenom when he was in Kansas City and I I will forever believe coupled Coach with of the year. Absolutely, with the Bears too. Uh, I, I would believe I will forever say that, coupled with the the questionable background, these guys, the Doug Petersons, the Matt Nagys of the world, are the reason Enemy hasn't gotten a job. So mm, interesting. We will. Yeah. Uh, that's it's one to the watch. Questionable background is my <laughs> what I think is the reason. But... I've I've said this a million times. It's crazy to me yeah. that he's allowed to be a coach in the NFL with the stuff that he's done. It's it's crazy to me. Yeah. Yeah, the guy is literally I, permanently kicked off the Colorado campus. It just amazes me that that's like that's just swept under the rug, you know. Um, and not so. only is it swept under the rug, he has become the icon for the overlooked black coaches or minority coaches. For sure, and I, yeah, I don't. I think they could do. Like, we all could do a better job of finding identifying a better, you know, yeah, a, maybe, a better flag carrier on that front. Maybe start talking about David Shaw or somebody like that. Uh, I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> Right. Let's let's just um, let's yeah. stop with the enemy talk. Yeah. Yes. Let's go. Let's move forward. All right. Uh, Parsons twelve. We talked about that. Slater fills a, a need in in uh, with uh, the Chargers. Great fit. Amazing, there. by the way. Oh my God, how they got Slater at thirteen. And yeah. Is they've got to just be doing somersaults. Yeah, I think meals. this is a place where a lot of people saw somebody like Christian Darisol falling because mm-hmm. the expectation was Slater would be off the board. Fourteen is really interesting to me. The Jets make a trade up to go get Elijah Vera Tucker. And from Minnesota, Minnesota is a team that was allegedly in love with Elijah Vera Tucker. Yeah, yeah. And then on top of that, um, they announced him as a guard. So the Jets decided that they're going to use that. I mean, he was probably going to be a guard anyway, but to move up and get him and yeah, and to have a team that probably needed offensive line, definitely needed offensive line help to trade down um it's crazy but then to your i mean to the name you just mentioned they trade down and still get derisaw 23 which Mm -hmm. is wild so um i think that worked out pretty well for minnesota yeah the left side of that offensive line protecting zach wilson has the potential to be very very good for a very very long time with makai becton and elijah vera tucker oh man 15 
well, here it is. The Patriots stay put, and they get their quarterback of the future in Mac Jones. Tough to find a better <laughs> fit for system and player and the whole thing. I mean, you saw Mac Jones when he got announced just nauseatingly celebrating. Mm-hmm. Um, he's already got the the look of a Patriot that no one likes. But, oh, for sure. Um, he is a he is a Duke shooting guard. Yeah. <laughs> That's so good. Um, Yeah, he really is. But he's, I mean, it's such a great fit. Just such a good fit. And, um, you know, it's going to be interesting because, like, he's the one guy that, of, of, you know, the latter ones that are kind of, like, up in the air. I mean, maybe he doesn't start week one, but you got to think, he he might be better than Cam Newton right now, Mm -hmm. which, you know, not many of these other rookies are going to say they're better than the veteran that's on the roster right now. Agreed. 16 is interesting, too. Uh, the Arizona Cardinals pair Isaiah Simmons with Zayvon Collins, another absolutely spectacular, versatile chess piece coverage linebacker. Yeah, um, they are, they're looking to be versatile on both sides of the ball. They get Zayvon Collins and then Rondell Moore. This is like mm. my fever dream for the Packers. <laughs> so um, amazing. I, I mean, I don't, know, I don't know how much they'll use Rondell just because they've got so many little Rondell types, you know, uh, but they're going to keep... second round pick, man. He's going to play. He's going to play. He's going to play. But like, you know, Isabella and all those other... And Isabella uh, stinks. Butler. Isabella stinks. Yeah. And also Hakeem well, Butler, I think, got cut. He did. But I'm just <laughs> saying they, they've taken many, 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 many shots at that dartboard. So I, I don't necessarily trust their evaluation on those guys. Yeah, that's but, I, I mean, he if he's healthy, it's going to be, you know, you know we know where we stand on him. But David Collins, is it's cool to have him and Simmons together behind, especially like some of the veteran pieces they've gone along their defensive line, including J.J. Watt now. So, yeah. I I mean, this, this Cardinals team, it, I mean, we'll see how they – and, oh, oh, yeah, A.J. Green, by the way. That the guy. Old, that guy, too. Um, they're going to be a really fun and fascinating team to watch. Agreed. 17 fascinating to me. You know, one of the things that I desperately wanted before the draft, you know, you knew that my dream combination for the Philadelphia Eagles this offseason was uh, putting Daniel Jeremiah, general manager, coupled with Joe Brady as the head coach. And Mm -hmm. uh, beginning to rethink that now because it it turns out (laughs) Mike Mayock might be, you know, a Dave Gettleman-esque poor drafter. What what is this guy doing? I'm it's so funny. I, I think I saw, I think it was Rich Eisen mentioned this um, in passing, but just the idea that if Mayock was on NFL Network, would we prop the guys up that he liked mm-hmm. more? So like, would Cleveland Farrell be considered not a, you know, not like a, a terrible reach because he would have been the one kind of disseminating the word, you know, and would Alex Leather would be another one of those types? I don't think so. I think there are enough voices now that it's not just one guy, but of course NFL Network is you know the prominent uh, draft resource at this point, and so for the intelligent fan, yeah, for the intelligent fan. So you know Leatherwood would have been considered a little higher. I, I mean, I like Alex Leatherwood at seventeen. It's insane to me, like how <laughs> how he goes six picks ahead of Christian Darrisaw. You know basically a round ahead of like you know the eichenbergs and the radinses and mm-hmm. those types i like i will never understand that and he better be a multi multiple time pro bowler to, to merit this pick i think because yeah i just i don't get it yeah not uh <laughs> sorry dj i'm gonna let you stay at the nfl network for a while um yeah <laughs> not just <laughs> yeah. not to say it's apples to apples and one is the other but yeah this is this this is bizarre, and it honestly it just speaks to 
I think something that we kind of got on TV to where Mayock just thinks he knows better than everybody else. Yeah, he's gotten pretty cocky in his position with the Raiders. And maybe it's just because Gruden, you know, sort of trusts him implicitly and that yeah. they are, you know, they are basically tied at the hip forever, um, mm-hmm. given how much they pay those two. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't get it. We've alluded. We got a we got a speed round this to wrap up the first round. But we've uh, we've alluded to the Jalen Phillips pick. More uh, more excitement for the Dolphins. We'll jump past that. We've got Jamin Davis. Uh, surprise to you? Go nineteen, Washington. Not really. I I feel like towards the end the the helium, as we like to say, Zayvon Zayvon Collins of the Cardinals seems pretty locked in. Jamin Davis from what I had read was definitely going ahead of, um, of like some of the other inside linebacker types, mm-hmm. uh, including, I mean, Owusu Koromoa, I, like I did not know about the, the condition that he had and the fact that he slipped way deep into the second round. Mm-hmm. Which, he sure did, oh, man. I know there, I know there are people in your household that are very pleased with that. I mean, I'm sure they are, but Jamin Davis, like he's just such a classic inside linebacker type that I'm, I, that surprises me that he ended up going in the top 20, especially to a Washington team that, to me, could have really used some more skill guys. And there were they had their choice here at 19 to do that, basically. So, um, But, you know, it did seem like he was going to end up going around this range. All right. Well, how about let's do this. You know, we've got plenty of time till the season starts. So uh, we'll do our we'll do our top 20 today. And then we'll okay. uh, we'll keep this up next week because I mean there's still there's a lot of meat left on this bone as you we got would. like 730 picks to go yeah that's all no no <laughs> big deal um, at one point did you see I don't I forget who it was but uh, there was a graphic that came up saying I believe it was the Giants had traded for the 535th pick in the draft and that struck <laughs> struck me as wrong but uh, I that's <laughs> where you got to stop watching probably but no day three was tough for me this year. To watch it. yeah same. Yeah. I it was harder than usual for me this year for whatever reason. I after the fourth round it really fell off a cliff for me too. Yeah. All right. Twentieth uh, pick, and this is a, a trade down. The Giants add a first round pick next year. I believe a fourth round pick next year as well. They have a one, a four, and a five, if I remember correctly, coming in twenty twenty two picks. They trade down. They get Florida wide receiver Kadarius Tony. Yeah, I, I thought this was early for Tony for sure, but two firsts is a, a nice get, especially if they were going to maybe take him at 11, which would have been insane to me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the rumor. I mean, that's Gettleman for you. He finally trades down, which is a, a shocker mm-hmm. in and of itself. But I, you know, I don't love Tony. I, I think he was probably my wide receiver, I want to say eight in this draft, but um, especially being a senior and some of his off the field issues. But uh He's a he's a neat fit with the like the other pieces on that offense. So we'll have to see if Daniel Jones can can spread the ball effectively to these guys. But I'm not super optimistic. So not one of my favorite picks of the round. The night before the draft, I guess it would have been Wednesday night. We were we were just randomly Alexa was doing uh, her mock draft for the year, and uh, okay. we we were watching some random highlights of of people. And we watched uh, you know she was she was very interested in the linebackers because you know. She was a Zayvon Collins fan, wanted Zayvon Collins. Uh, mm. I, I imagine that's because I have done nothing but talk him up for the last year. Um, <laughs> and uh, also, it was between Collins and Owusu Koromoa with a slight Collins lean. Uh, obviously, the uh, the the uh, Owusu Koromoa thing paid off later. But the other guy we watched, we were Kadarius Tony highlights. 
And it started because I was like, Google this guy. You're you're because she was very interested in like, what does this person look like? That's how you get a feel for the player. Oh, so I was like, Google sure. this guy. You're going to think this is interesting. Uh, <laughs> and that led us down a rabbit hole. And we found out that Kadarius Tony is also an amateur rapper by the name of Young Joka. And guess what? Oh. It's as bad as you would expect. <laughs> I'm stunned. I'm absolutely stunned. It, yeah, there was. I actually think I saw one of his draft profiles that that was cited as like a flag for some reason. I, uh, I mean, come on, you can do whatever you want, but um, what would concern me more is some of the other stuff that's out there about him. So yeah, I mean, I that's hilarious, and he is electric on the field. Don't get sure. me wrong, but uh, the question is the commitment, obviously. Yeah, and, and an interesting fit, uh, high upside, but very very low floor for uh, yeah. addition for that New York Giants offense. You got to oh. be loving seeing that. Yeah. yeah, I don't love seeing them at a a first round pick next year. Uh you know, I would prefer oh, yeah, to be yeah. the yeah. only team in the NFC East with two picks, potentially three. But mm-hmm. uh yeah, we'll, we'll, oh, see, we'll see how that breaks out. You know, we're going to obviously we'll pick 32 because that will be the Eagles own selection. And well, then course. I imagine that the Dolphins and the Colts will be the two worst teams in football. So we'll pick 1, 2 and 32. <laughs> is, is my prediction is my prediction is not my a bad prediction. mix not a bad mix of picks you'll <laughs> you can, take that you can live with it all right so that is the top 20 from the 2021 nfl draft we'll be back next week to talk about picks 21 through 259 <laughs> we'll see you next time sounds great